Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Uh, welcome to the Sportive Podcast, the only podcast that records one episode a month and still expects you to listen. I am John Martheller and joining me tonight from the, the, the greatest party room in the world, Stu. Hey, John. How's it going? I I really I was trying to come up with a much more laudatory way of referring to mm-hmm. your apartment building or really just the city of St. Mm-hmm. Paul, the the greatest city in in, in the world, but <laughs> I really I really struggled there. I struggled and you know why? That's, the humidity? The humidity. Yeah. I was going to say uh, is it hot enough for you, but it's it's too hot. It's too hot for oh, me. Buddy. It's too hot for human life. It's hot for everybody. Um, it is so hot that actually the TV here doesn't even have the Twins game on. It has, you guessed it, the red clay of Roland Garros. <laughs> the French Open, baby. It's back. It's actually happening this time. For the second, really time, this, for the for second the sec- time this year, as, as, <laughs> according to the Sportive Podcast, yes. the French Open is happening. 40% of the podcasts we've recorded this year, the French Open has been happening. So. So it, it must be a COVID thing. They must have played the... Uh, 2021, yeah. and then they're just doing the 2021 run yeah. right away. My money, my money's on Ilya Nastase. That's <laughs> just that's just me. Um, how's it going, John? Oh, it is. I am transforming into a weather crank still. Honestly, oh. I have given up on sports entirely, and now I just regale my family and friends with weather facts, and mm-hmm. I talk about the dew point a lot. And my family, oh, yeah. my family is tired of me. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's like I think everyone in my circle is tired of me pointing out that it's warmer here than it is in Phoenix and New Orleans. I think yeah. everyone has become fatigued with that little factoid. I am just – I am consistently <sighs> astounded when I look at the weather maps because it is hotter here than it than it is in like – Anywhere else in the country? How is it hotter than Phoenix here? How is it hotter than New Orleans? How is it hotter than Washington D.C.? How, in the name of all things holy, is that even possible? Still, I don't. Makes... I, I thought I understood how weather worked more or less, but yeah. the, the idea that I had that as you go south, it gets warmer is suddenly not true. Why? No. How? Why? I. I you see, that's why it, we actually did have a, and I think he actually still listens for some godforsaken reason, uh, weatherman Matt Brickman. Mm-hmm. He could probably actually give us an idea of why this is happening and why we are being punished <laughs> by by an angry god. We, 
But, we, would, uh, we would have him on the podcast, except the whole thing would just be us shouting at him and blaming him <laughs> for the weather. Well, we could trick him and tell him we're going to hear. We want to talk about shoes, right? Maybe he would he would come on. But uh, we're going to talk about the dapper dapper clothing of some kind. But instead, we would just have him on and blame him for our problems. Yeah, which is fine. Um, uh but yeah, weather sucks. You all know it. Everyone who's listening to this knows the weather sucks. Uh, we just had a downpour here, just like a huge, like thirty-minute rainstorm. It was like just oh. out of nowhere. The sun was out the entire time, <laughs> but it like it dropped the uh, air temperature down to like seventy-four, which was oh my gosh. Well, yeah, I, know. I, was, I was praying for that particular storm to hit our house, and it didn't. Yeah, so. yeah, it it hit. It, it's not. It's all. I mean, it's seventy-four, but the humidity is a hundred percent. But it's, it's actually just it's raining a, upwards from the ground now. Yeah, it's just kind of sauna-y or more sauna-y than it was before. But I'll take it. It was pretty dry, so I guess that's fine. Well, I um, got to say, we we wanted to make sure that this was still the, the 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 podcast that had the most dead energy of all the podcasts. <laughs> and by talking about the weather for five minutes before talking I, about sports, I think we've accomplished that. I think we have. Um, we did write down like topics to talk about on our text chain, but there was one that I didn't write and you didn't write either, so we should probably lead with that. Yep, definitely that one. How are the Minnesota Lynx doing, John? <laughs> they are. They have three wins and five losses, Stu. They <sighs> lost their first four games of the season. Um, what didn't help, honestly, was that um, Nafisa Collier, who's their best player, I think missed the first two or possibly the first three games of the season because she was still playing overseas. And that's the WNBA is taking some steps to combat that and to not outlaw it exactly, but make it make it more that WNBA players are going to be playing less overseas and more Mm -hmm. in the WNBA and first of all, that can't come soon enough. But second of all, it seems like the easiest way to do that would be to pay the players way more. I'm just saying. it's yeah. If if they didn't have to go play if, in yeah. Bosnia or whatever to make a living. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they go to like a country that is currently like at war with a different country. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the, like, their, like the apartment building is called like sectarian violent estates. You know, this one of those things. And they they wouldn't do that willingly. I don't think that's a thing that they want to do. They, they really don't want to see glorious Estonia in January. They just want to have a full time job at home. I read um, I read an absolutely amazing WNBA story the other day. So there's this there's a there's this player for Connecticut named John Quell Jones, who, in order to make it easier for her to play in Europe, she somehow got Bosnian citizenship. I I didn't do any research to understand how. Maybe she has Bosnian ancestry. I honestly don't know the yeah. answer to that. But somehow she got Bosnian citizenship. But now they're having like the European Championships or something. So she has mm-hmm. to leave for like the next three weeks of the season, which is a huge chunk of the season. And she's maybe Connecticut's best player. She's got to leave to play for Bosnia. In <laughs> I, I I really wish I'd done some research because like how is is she a Bosnian citizen? All right, now I have to look it up. Uh, complain about uh, something w, WNBA related while I look up. <laughs> yeah, so how I just remember, she became um, Bosnian. Yeah, I remember uh, Lindsay Whalen. Um, her pro career was basically the WNBA 
and then some Eastern European country that used to be part of the Soviet Union before 1991. Was I mean, that was her entire pro career. I could see why she would go to the relative stability, and I realize I'm, I'm using air quotes, of, of college basketball coaching right. <laughs> because that's just, that just can't be long-term a, uh, a winnable situation for both your mental and physical health. Have you found uh, the story yet, John? I, um, I can start humming. Well, I – So what is definitely true is that she is from the Bahamas. Um, oh, you know, Bahama and Bosnia. That's uh, six letters. Starts with the B, ends with the A. I clicked I, – I was on Wikipedia and I clicked on the link that was supposed to take me to the explanation of how she was now a Bosnian citizen of Bosnia and Herzegovina. But A, the page no longer exists – and B, the site is in Bosnian. So even if it had existed, I would really have really have struggled to understand yeah. what's going on. So we're yeah. just going to go ahead and say there's there's a thing. Anyway, yeah, the yeah the only sportive listener or not sportive listener, but like sportive connection to Bosnia is I think uh, Chicken Fingers' friend Irv. Yeah. I think Irv is actually a Bosnian. Yeah. A Herzegovinian freedom fighter of some kind. Oh, he do not you, you do not dare call him Herzegovinian. He will he will put one over on you. He's Bosnian <laughs> through and through. Through and through. All right. Well, yeah. now that Irv is driving to our houses to beat us up, we should probably yes. hurry up and get on. Another. Anyway, the links. I I think they'll be fine. I yeah. they're they're more or less fine now. They they got they put up a hundred on Atlanta the other day. So Atlanta's not terrible, but. No. Anytime you're putting up 100 in the WNBA, yeah. things must be going okay. So I I think yeah. they'll ultimately be fine, but it's just um it, it's a short preseason and mm-hmm. they got Collier back late and um somebody else came back late too. Kayla McBride was overseas and she came back late as well. So it might take them a few games, but I, I, like I say, I think I'll th- think they'll be fine. Awesome, because yeah, I mean, our obviously the uh, failure of the Minnesota Twins has left a wide open window uh, for any sports enjoyment the rest of this summer. Right. Um, and it's the Twins are so bad. Of course, all the players you would have liked to see with the Saints are currently playing for the Minnesota Twins or on their injured list. Right. And um, the bright the, side is, as the Twins players come back from the injured list, mm-hmm. they're going to St. Paul to play. So, in yes. some ways, like right now, Byron Buxton is playing in St. Paul, and yes, it's well, all not right. It, it's still raining, so I don't think I think that game's either going to get delayed or called. If I had to guess, man, but, uh, send some of that rain over here. It's, I know we're at that we're at that point of the year begging thank, thank for you, rain. Dad. That's, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll put we'll put that uh, <laughs> before we move off of women's sports. Uh, I assume you have some opinions about the uh, announcement yesterday of the uh, potential for a Minnesota professional women's soccer team. Well, not professional, um, not professional. Oh, a, okay, a, a a women's soccer team for sure. But what they are, what the USL is starting. That's the United Soccer League, which has a. Mm-hmm. A second division, third division, and then I suppose fourth division league um, on the men's side. They are starting or maybe rather restarting what is sort of a developmental league, a little bit like the Northwoods League for college baseball. The, these will be players that are playing all summer but still retaining their college eligibility. So the Northwoods League or the Cape Cod League, um, there used to be a men's soccer equivalent um, that I – the. I think it was called the PDL. I think I have that right. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of there were a lot of different USL leagues with a lot of different names. But there did used to be a, du- a W league around here too. 
Um, there was a team called the Minnesota Lightning way back in the W League. So they're restarting the W League under the umbrella of the USL, and Minnesota will have one of these teams. I think I, I think if I remember what I read right, the, the other seven teams in this league will all be teams that are sort of under the banner of a US another USL team. So I think it'll be interesting in the sense that Minnesota will be one of the few, if not the only, independent team in the league. So it's interesting. We'll 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 see what they do. I'm I'm of course excited about it. They're having a they're having a kickoff event of some kind on Sunday. Um, over over by me actually over at the the U of M soccer stadium. Um, Ooh, fun! So I I mean I now I'm I, I feel like I'm veering into public relations mode here, but um, they also they also seem to have said something about how there's going to be. Fan ownership available, so I assume you are going to own a piece of this team still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you never—it's it's possible, I suppose, just because you know. I, I feel like you know how I am. In so many ways, you're like the Mike Lynn of the podcast. Just <laughs> remarkable, remarkable Stu Newman. You know what I mean? Like every time there's a big mm-hmm. Minnesota event, some, somehow Stu sends us a picture and is like, "Oh, Stu's sitting yeah. in a suite for a Vikings playoff game." It's, that just oh that. Doesn't sound Why is Stu dropping the puck at a wild playoff game? I don't know, but uh, I'm excited oh, okay. for him. I'm excited for that's, the guy. That's. I mean, I just, I just try to. I take it one game at a time. John. Right. I don't let, don't get too high, don't get too low. Let the chips fall where they may. So, uh, region, you know, ten percent regional Twitter celebrities. I think will be a big part of this ownership group. So I assume you were part of that. I assume that's why you brought it up. But <laughs> no, I think it's just because all the men's sports around here are just. God awful, yep. Or or just struggling so bad, it felt smarter to uh, give give some attention to things that have the potential to be good. They just happen to be the the two the women's uh, side of things here. I'm interested to see where this women's team plays. Honestly, I don't. Mm-hmm. My guess is that they will not play at Allianz Field. Although maybe they will. I honestly don't know. But I'm I'm slightly hopeful. Well, I'm I'm slightly hopeful they play at the U of M Stadium because it's right next door to my house. But I'm also slightly hopeful they play up at the National Sports Center in Blaine, just because it would be it'd be nice to go back up there and watch soccer again, just for old time's sake. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah, like yeah, I I, I, I loved going to to Blaine. That yeah. was just that was just fun. <laughs> just it, it just it just felt like you were kind of it, it like you were doing it. Like behind the authorities' back, right? You know, it felt like it was just soccer. kind of like a, yeah, it's like scrappy kind of underdog. Like you're getting away with something. You're out past curfew. Yeah, it was like just, a, it was the kegger in the field of Minnesota. Exactly. Sport. Yes. That's, Are the uh, cops going to show up? We don't know. Yeah. Will there be power at the stadium again? We don't know. Right. But it was just. I mean, I think that was a part of the charm. It just didn't feel like. It was like a thing that was like necessarily on the up and up, and I know it was on the up and up, but it kind of felt like it wasn't, and that was well, cool. And there fun. were a couple of years where it was not. Well, on the up and no, up. it was definitely not. That is very 2008, true. 2009. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything more for reasons of potential slander lawsuits. But. <laughs> uh, libel slander, the best kind. Yep. <clears throat> okay. Um, so that's good. Um, All right, let's okay. keep talking. This is a women's sport podcast now. What else do you want to um, talk about? Do you want to do an Olympic soccer preview? Um, actually, I, I, I was going to stay with soccer because of the uh, the uh, wild uh, USA Mexico game oh. on Sunday. Did you watch this game, Stu? 
Tell no, me I didn't. what's I just, No, I, I didn't, because, but I woke up on Monday morning early because it's, you know, it's 5.30, it's super bright out, and it's already 85 degrees. Right. And just was scrolling back through my Twitter feed and all of the, like, GIFs and reactions from, like, around midnight, 1 o'clock <laughs> of the people who stayed up to watch this. I, I don't even know what this was. It was CONCACAF? Was that what it was? Yeah, it's it's hard to explain what the competition was, but okay. all ultimately all CONCACAF competitions are designed to get USA playing Mexico with something on the line. And luckily for them, that's what happened because this tournament had semifinals that involved the USA winning extremely late against Honduras and then Mexico needing mm-hmm. penalty kicks to beat Costa Rica and – the the nightmare was Honduras and Co- the nightmare for the people who were trying to sell this was Honduras and Costa Rica playing in the final and <laughs> not that not that that would be a bad game or not to diminish the accomplishments of those two fine nations but they're certainly from a marketing standpoint you know that they are hoping for USA Mexico and the game did yeah. not disappoint Stu. it no, um, was it was not a great soccer game it was an exciting game <laughs> it was certainly an exciting game but then. It it was it was a pretty typical CONCACAF game, which meant that it was pretty wild through the first part. But then it went into extra time, and then it became maybe the most, so much extra time, the so most CONCACAF time. game of all time. I there are the, the only rule of soccer in CONCACAF in this region is that literally anything can happen, and you can never be surprised. If it happens three times directly in a row, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were there were fights. There were two truly terrible instant replay decisions to give each team a penalty. There, in between, the Mexico coach got sent off because he walked up behind the referee while the referee was looking at the instant replay and put his arm around him like. They were standing and watching a game at the bar or something like that, and the ref turned around and sent him off. They, <laughs> For some reason, someone thought, you know what would be a good place to do the instant replays? Let's put this directly between the benches where everybody <laughs> on both teams will be standing and yelling the whole time. Just utterly an insane decision that could only happen during a CONCACAF game. There were, Like I said, there were multiple fights. There was another incident in which... A player from Mexico was put a chokehold on a player from the United States and wasn't penalized at all. There were <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple of Mexican players that honestly could have could have been given about four yellow cards apiece, and but the referee was clearly on the one hand it seemed like he really didn't want to decide the game, and on the other hand he seemed absolutely delighted to try to decide the game because when the USA got its penalty in extra time. He walked back onto the field, and if you imagine the most over-the-top cowboy Joe West turned up to 11 kind <laughs> of overwrought signal to signal the penalty, it was unbelievable. It was like he was playing air guitar. He was so excited to signal that it was penalty time. And then he got to do it again on an equally stupid call. They were both terrible calls. Neither of them was a penalty. It was like... Just trying to eliminate the idea of the teams going to penalties at the end of extra time by giving both teams a penalty in regular time just to see if they could settle that way, which they did because Mexico missed their penalty because it was saved by the backup goalkeeper 
who was on the field. And the fact that the backup goalkeeper was the hero of the game by saving a penalty in extra time and that it didn't come up until 14 minutes into me talking about this gives you some <laughs> idea of the pure insanity of this game. It was um, terrible. It was glorious. It was CONCACAF. It was everything, especially since the United States won. And yeah. they play, like um, I say, they play Mexico about every three years in something that matters. And I think they've lost the last, mm-hmm. I'm going to conservatively conservatively estimate, they've lost the last 43, it seems like. <laughs> um, let's see. Here are four things that you didn't mention okay. in the match. Four things that uh, you, I, I've forgotten. I've forgotten. Some, somehow, that, somehow you forgot. Uh, first of all, the U.S. was down one nothing 30 seconds into the game. 30, yes, that happened. <laughs> Immediately. I mean, so you, people probably just said, oh, screw it. It's happening again. Didn't watch it. Because um, it was ten o'clock on a Sunday night. Um, two, there was a streaker, <laughs> there was. which is usually the first thing that gets I, brought up when there's a streaker. At I the think game. a closed streaker, but nonetheless, that was that was in like added time and extra time. Like the game was trying to come <laughs> to an end, and there was a guy running on the field just in the middle of the play. Um, three, I believe it was uh, NBCSN or one, whatever succeeded NBCSN. No, it was CBS um, Sports Network. CBS. CBS. Sorry, yeah, CBS. Uh, somebody got onto the set. That's right. And ju- and jumped. <laughs> they were like you know up against a railing, and the guy just walked onto the set, then jumped over the side of the railing. Yep. No one knows if he survived. Yeah, I... he still he might still be falling right now. <laughs> honestly, we don't know. We have no way of finding out. I don't. I don't know whether it was like. A two foot drop down to the seats on the other side of the rail, or he literally jumped out of the or, upper deck. Or death. Yeah. Yes. So he we, might we have no idea. I don't know. No he might be dead. Um, and the fourth thing is at the um, at match's end, uh, there was like this incredible uh, photograph of uh, your uh, hero, Christian Pulisic, shirtless, giving the hush sign to the crowd. Mm-hmm. And I believe our mutual friend Dana Wessels already had that tattooed onto his left buttock. <laughs> I think he would do it in a more public place, honestly. It might oh, that I, is true. I would have thought he would have tattooed that picture life size <laughs> over his own body. You know what I mean? Like I think he wants to like work on his like abs a little more so he can like make it more of a body fit type of thing. <laughs> just a full full body polistic tattoo to just be tattooed yes. his likeness over Dana's so, likeness. Yeah, it's like one of the cooler sports photos I've seen in, yeah, in quite a long definitely. time. So And that was right before another <clears> thing I didn't mention, that was right before um, one of the U.S. players got hit full in the face by a full drink cup, which then yeah. later in the game there was another fight near the stands. And I, I, I think people people insinuated, although I don't know for sure, but people insinuated that on the other side that these were also Mexico fans that were throwing stuff. It may well be American mm-hmm. fans. I don't know, mm-hmm. but the, these Mexico fans that were throwing stuff were launching things into the fight, which. <laughs> Might seem like a good idea as you're throwing it, but the only person who got hit in the face was a player from Mexico that time. <laughs> um, where where was the game? Was it in? It was, it was in, in Denver, Denver yeah. wasn't it? It was in. Denver. Oh, good God! Oh, I just thought of two more things that happens too that we haven't mentioned yet. <laughs> Number one, the game okay. was stopped because of homophobic chanting by the fans. Number <laughs> number two, during during CBS, they are CBS is really leaning into like the inside the NBA style banter for their pregame and postgame shows. They did it for they, they had the Champions League, they had the Europa League, they did it for all of those shows to the point that it was actually a little bit uncomfortable, you know what I mean? And they were trying they were trying the same thing for these CONCACAF games, these Nations League games. 
And it was entertaining because Clint Dempsey was on there, and everybody loves Clint Dempsey. And Charlie Davies is really good, and Kate Abd was a great host. And then there was a Gucci Anyewu, who is – all three of those guys are former USA players. And they were all – they all had really good insights, but they were all really trying to turn up, like, the, the banter machine. You know what I mean? They're trying mm-hmm. to they're trying to be entertaining, say inside the NBA stuff, but Aguchi Anyewu sort of lost track of what he was doing, and there was a, a, a former Mexican player by the name of Janelli Farias who was on the set who was sort of taking Mexico's side, and Anyewu was was trying to was trying to do the banter thing, but what came out of his mouth was. She said something about how Mexico fans were louder than U.S. fans. What came out of his mouth was, I'm going to come across the desk and choke you, which is just one of those. <laughs> and, you know, he apologized later. He obviously should apologize. It was a very heartfelt apology. And I'm sure he, because he was trying to get into this inside the NBA kind of banter thing, he didn't think about what he was actually saying, <laughs> which was, I am going to attack you. I'm going to physically attack you, and you're you're female, and I'm male. That's not okay. But yeah, no. it's huh, it, not great. I, the, the whole banter thing. I I sort of mentioned. I don't. The, the funny thing about it is, all of those guys and all of the people on the CBS shows have really interesting things to say about what's going on in the game, and mm-hmm. for some reason, they seem to be turning that down so they can make really awkward jokes and fake laugh. About like what other people are doing, and I, it, I don't like it. Still, I don't like it. Nor should you. Anyway, um, anyway, anyway. So. Boy, why is it my birthday? I just have to ask. We've talked about the WNBA. We've talked about a startup amateur women's soccer league, and we've talked about the USA and Mexico. And um, I'm having yeah. the best time ever. Yeah, I just want to say yeah. I'm having a great time. No one is. Yeah, w- no one's listening anymore. Well, I wanted to front load it with like you know positive stuff, and that happens to be where the positive stuff is because now we are going to go into the section where we talk about mainline Minnesota sports. Well, we can all, we can talk about baseball cheating first if you want. I yeah, I yeah. I mean, let's see. Check the score here. Uh, if you're listening to live, uh, Yankees are up five one in the third. Oh my gosh! So uh, yeah, so the Twins. Uh, well, they had their uh, chance to get fat on the uh, lousy teams, and they went seven and six. So they mm. gained one game from where they were at, and now they are playing the Yankees and Astros, who are much better than them. Uh, Yankees won last night. Twins committed four errors and are on track to lose again tonight. Um, the handwriting isn't just on the wall. It is getting painted in blood on everyone's kitchen. Right. Uh, it's, it's over, Johnny. It's, it is. It's, it is, o- it's over. It's over. So, and, it's uh, June 9th. Yeah, over. it's over. It was over two weeks ago, but it's, it's over. Um, the cheating thing, um, was, I, there was a connection to this evening's game because Garrett Cole, is a uh, one of the, He's is a, a cheater. cheater. Uh, and, uh, Josh Donaldson from the twins called basically called him out by name about it since this was the first time they were going to face each other so far it is uh, going Garrett Cole's way but that's kind of how that did you, works for the Twins <laughs> and the Yankees it uh, I will say it's extremely comforting to me that 
it's not just when things are on the line that the Twins completely choke against the Yankees. It's not in the playoffs or even when both teams are good and everyone's saying, well, this is a this is a statement series for the Twins. Let's see if they can do it against the Yankees. All that stuff. It's not just when that is happening. When there's absolutely nothing on the line and the Twins are garbage and the Yankees are also garbage, it's nice to know that the Twins will still put both hands around their own throat and choke away the game. It's just, yeah. it's it's comforting. It's it's like thunderstorms yeah. in the summer. Yeah. Um, but as far as the, uh, the rest of the cheating goes, I am sort of like half-assed following it. Um, it feels like there's maybe actually going to be some sort of investigation or discipline for the pitchers. But it's not like we haven't heard that before. And it's... I mean, how do you enforce it? How do you go about doing it? And I'm, I for one have no idea. I did you see, none at all. Did you see Garrett Cole's answer to the question? It, the no, day? he it was he should be elevated to Congress. I think <laughs> it was that was oh, the non denial denial, uh, just not denying it, but just the most mealy mouthed dog shit. Just, yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, that's great. Senator Cole, um, enjoy your six years as the junior senator from New York. You're great. Good job, buddy. You know, there's sort of the moment that everybody remembers from whatever these scandals are. Like, with with the steroid stuff, maybe it's Barry Bonds in the courthouse of mm-hmm. the, the amazing story where somebody overheard what was going on in the courtroom and Barry Bonds admitted all this stuff or anything that happened in 1998 when Mark McGuire was – hitting baseballs 900 feet and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Whatever, there there are these moments. But when when I think back on the, the pitcher cheating scandal of 2020-2021, it really, Garrett Cole's answer when someone asked him, have you ever used spider tech? I think that's what it's called, spider tech, which is this yes. amazingly sticky resin. I read this story about it the other day. I think it was in The Athletic, where it turned out it was invented by a world's strongest man guy, and -hmm. I think it was invented at North Dakota State, so go Bison. Yeah, Um, go Bison. It's so sticky that they do this competition where they lift these huge rocks, and he invented it for that so he could get a grip on the rocks, and it's so sticky that he actually hurt himself because he couldn't let go of the rock, and he tore his arm muscle because (laughs) it was basically like his hands had been super glued to the rock, and it ripped his arm off. And so that that's what these pitchers are using. And if if I was a major league pitcher, I am not a major league pitcher, but if I was a major league pitcher and someone asked me, hey, have you ever used this miracle grip stuff called spider tack, mm-hmm. and it was in a public press conference, I think my reaction would be, what is spider tack? Or I have never or heard no. of that. Or – no. no, all of these, yeah. all of these are pretty good answers when it comes to someone out and out asking if you have cheated. And what Garrett Cole said was basically, um, "Well," and then there was like a pause for like ten seconds as his brain the the wheels are turning in his brain. Like you can almost see the Homer Simpson symbol monkey clapping in his head. Yep. And then what he said was, "I don't know how to answer that question," which. If you're cheating, there's really only one way to answer that question, Garrett. We just came up with three good ones. No, I don't – I've never heard of that. How could you ask such a question? You know, there's so many good ways to say, no, I'm not cheating. 
that aren't immediately interpreted by everyone, which is what happened, that what Garrett Cole was saying was, yes, yes, I have, I have not only cheated, I am continuing now to cheat. Right now I have spider tack on my fingers. Hand me this microphone and see if you can get it away from me. <laughs> Oh, it was just—it was absolutely the best. It's what I'll remember this cheating scandal for. Anyway, yeah. Garrett Cole should be in prison. So should the rest of the pitchers in Major League Baseball. And the and one, umpires. <laughs> the one thing I'm sure of is some combination of the same thing that I think we said during the steroids thing, which was how come the Twins can't get any of this? Like Alex Colome, did, did nobody tell him about the spider tech? You would think he would have, he should have known about it, but it's hard to say. It's, he, it, it's, yeah, I mean, was he using it last year when he was good? Maybe. So, anyway. It, yeah. It's, it's disappointing, and what we've been reduced to with the Twins is that we wish they would cheat more. Failing, please cheat more. Failing that, just the please. Astros and the Yankees should all be in prison. Well, yeah, that's just, but everyone, that's, that's just an agreed upon thing, no. By people of good conscience. Um. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Let's see. All of the twins are still hurt. Uh, They're all bad, but also hurt. Yeah, um... They're at a point where losing Rob Schneider really hurt them, which is really all you need to know right. about the Twins. And they, they got him back last night, and then they lose Kyle Garlick with a sports hernia today. So I don't, it's just – it's insane. I, it's, I have a question. This is bro and turd related. Did they, come mm-hmm. out, did they come out and actually say what happened to Mitch Garver, or are we still no. assuming what happened to Mitch Garver? No. They called it – when he um, left the game, they called it a groin contusion, which it clearly was yeah. – it had nothing no, to do with his groin no. muscle. Let's put it that way. No, no, it did not. I have, and he had emergency surgery like a couple hours after it happened. Um, I asked a um, friend of mine who is for, a former emergency room doctor, and she said, "Oh yeah, that's probably a ruptured testicle. Oh that's gosh. what that means. That's probably what that means." Oh. When you're going, when you when you have a injury down there and have emergency surgery, that's usually what that means for a guy. If you were so Mitch, doesn't mean does not mean that's what happened, but that was her speculation. If you were Mitch Garver, why would you ever come back and play baseball again this? Oh, season? I, I mean, maybe in your life, but again this season, maybe in your life, but 
I, I, I think that might be the last you've seen of Mitch Garver at catcher. Oh. I think he will be transitioning to an, like, a place very far away from the ball. Like, yeah. can you go, like, what's past right field? Is there something? <laughs> double gonna, right field? He's going to be playing in the Oswaldo Arcia memorial spot in the right field bleachers where he's gotten distracted and just gone up into the bleachers to try to get out. Like, like, like at Target Field, he'll just be on the plaza. <laughs> just... He'll be out by gate 30. He'll be buying beers for yep. people, hanging out by the statues and the flagpoles. Got a glove on and an NHL, hey, Mitch, and an NHL goaltender's <laughs> hockey cup on. <laughs> oh, no. Not getting not getting hurt by that one again. He'll be the guy reading pamphlets about adopting. That's, you know. That, sorry. That was that was really mean. Just, I'm sorry. He's, hey, he's, he's standing in right field, and he's standing behind a brick wall that he built in the yep. first and second innings, just yep. making sure. Oh. <laughs> The worst. You can't hurt me out here. Oh, the uh, worst. The, the, the very worst. worst. A metaphor for the yeah. twin season. But Seriously, I mean, worst. and that's, I mean, I, you cannot excuse this. They, they were bad when healthy, but the injuries have made it impossible right. for them to do. The pitching is bad. Um, the injuries have made the offense, it's impossible for them to get any sort of consistency out of that lineup. Um, it's just every, it's just everything's bad. Yep. So injuries, inconsistency, <laughs> and a lack of pitching. Yeah, the hitters haven't been good. The starting pitchers haven't mm-hmm. been good. The front office looks like idiots. The bullpen has been terrible. And even if you go down to the medical staff, mm-hmm. nobody's been able to stay on the field. So really, yep. we we talked about the total system failure in I think that was 2011, right? Yes, this feels far more like a total system failure. Yeah, because this yeah that. This team, I mean, everyone was worried about the first round of the playoffs. If <laughs> That was what everybody was worried yeah, about. Yeah, we said on this podcast that it was a weird year because we were all just waiting for the start of October so the Twins could play a game that mattered. Yeah. But as it turns out, at best, October 2022. Yep. Yeah, it's... It is. I mean, it literally is a case of when do they start selling off and who do they sell off. Right. It's And it's likely going to be i mean and is there a market for like nelson cruz yeah is there a market for nelson cruz i i assume barrios will be on the market um, barrios he doesn't seem to want he, yeah he doesn't simmons seem to want to sign will simmons will go yeah yeah i uh you would think sano will probably there'll probably be some sort of market for sano not mm, much of one boy but, i he's got so. he's got a contract for two more years or something doesn't he yeah I don't know. Nobody's going to want that. I don't know trade. either. Yeah, no, yeah, correct. Uh, I, yeah, I just... Bill. Uh, Donald, Donaldson, probably. Oh, this is so depressing. Maybe. Yeah. This is just the most depressing. It really is. Um, maybe let's, let's... Okay, let's do a... I guess less... Even though the, the pain is still recent, uh, the Wild had a very good year. Uh, they're set up to succeed. Uh, would you like to talk about uh, the end of the season, how the off season looks, and anything to do with the NHL playoffs? Because I know that's your wheelhouse. Yeah, right. Well, this whole podcast has been my wheelhouse. There's been complaining and niche sports, and so I'm oh, yeah. I'm here for it. It's the Martha Fowler show Sweet. tonight. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how far we want to get into the expansion draft stuff, but that's that's the stuff that everybody's thinking about right now. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I forget the date of the expansion draft. It's coming up fairly soon. And the, the Wild have got some decisions to make, I think. They're, they're trying to figure out who they're going to protect. 
they, I, <laughs> they, they're in the weird scenario where two of the guys they have to protect, uh, Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter, both have no move clauses and so have to be protected. They would prefer not to protect either one, I think. I guess I could see somebody maybe trying to make an argument for Suter, but they would love if anybody took Parisi off their hands right now. Oh, but yeah. as we've mentioned before, they're in such a weird scenario because they would – they 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 still may buy out Parisi and they still may do some other stuff, but they also are in this random scenario where if Parisi retires before his contract is up, and he has four more years to go, if he retires before his contract is up, that will also kill their salary cap. So yeah. uh, they seem to be trying to make him as unhappy as possible, and I don't quite understand why because it, – it, it it always seemed like they actually they have if anything a reason to try to keep him happy so that he keeps playing for the next four years even if they trade him to New York or wherever I don't I mean I honestly don't know where would where would particularly want him so and I'm really feeling bad for him to the point that I hope that he scores forty goals next year and twenty of them are on the power play just because I feel so bad for what's happened to him this year but. They're in a weird scenario where I think I think they could just about keep everybody they wanted to keep if they could get Parisi and Suter to waive their no move clauses. But assuming that doesn't happen, they're going to have they're they're going to have Matt Dumba potentially unprotected, who you would think would be Seattle's pick. Um, mm-hmm. They've they've got a couple of big money contracts that are coming up. They're going to try to they're going to try to resign Kirill Kaprizov this summer to a super long term contract, and they're going to try to lock up. Um, Erickson Eck to a long-term contract. And they've got a decision to make, I think, on Kevin Fiala a little bit where I think they would like to have him around, but maybe not on the money he was hoping for. And so they, they've got to sort of navigate the whether they negotiate that contract with him and try to try to talk him down or if they just go ahead and trade him to somebody. And the same a little bit when they when they decide who they're keeping in the expansion draft. The same a little bit goes for Matt Dumba, I think, that if they're truly going to decide that they're not going to pay, protect him in the expansion draft, can they maybe trade him for somebody and have somebody else be the pick? I, I, at some point, Seattle has to take a player from every team in the NHL, and so they're not going to just take the best available NHL player from every roster because – then they would have 31 players, and they don't want 31 players because they don't have room for 31 contracts. So at some point, if you can get to the point where the players that are available from your team are not as good as the players that are available from other teams, you're not going to lose an NHL or you're going to lose a prospect or something like that off the off the minor league wire, yes. which is... <clears throat> There's a lot of thing. There's a lot of things that I feel like could happen. I think they could they could look to just straight up move Dumba to try to get something for him and not just lose him. They, I think, there's still a possibility, probably not a good possibility, but that they could start packaging up Dumba and Fiala and maybe Marco Rossi, who is their their young center prospect, their top ten pick that did not play last year because he got the super COVID, and mm-hmm. you know, I you feel terrible for him because he never got to the NHL and goodness knows what kind of shape he's in. I've heard that I, I I've read that he's skating again and stuff now and I hope I hope he comes back the same as always, but of course with COVID you have no idea. No clue at all. Um yeah. but I I think there's at least a chance they try to package up um 
Dumba and Fiala and Rossi, and maybe a, they've got a number of high draft picks, not high like top ten, but they got a couple of first rounders and a couple of second rounders, I think, in the draft this year. And you start with those three guys, maybe I don't know where a fourth guy would be, some draft picks. You start maybe thinking about trying to get into the Jack Eichel sweepstakes for trading for for him from Buffalo because everyone seems to think that Eichel is a bona fide number one center, and that is something the Wild don't have and desperately would like. So I think you have to sort of look at it that that if you're the Wild and say, do we want to roll the dice and say we need a number one center more than anything else, even though Eichel has been on the losing his team in the history of the world for years, <laughs> and say, yes, this guy is actually good, he's just stuck in Buffalo, and we're going to mortgage the franchise for him, or do you just say you know what, we're going to take our chances and see how good Rossi is, and we think he can be that number one center. So the other, I think the other thing that they might look to do is just straight up try to turn one or maybe even more of those draft picks into picking on behalf of Seattle who Seattle's going to take. Now, that sort of thing backfired a little bit with the Vegas expansion draft because – the Wild decided that they were going to take their top prospect, who was Alex T- Alex Tuck, and trade him to Vegas in the hopes, in with the agreement being that if they did that, then Vegas would take Eric Hall instead of three or four other guys. And what turned out is that they both turned out to be amazing for Vegas, and the Wild just packaged him up and gave him away for free. And I, so there's sorry, <laughs> what's that? I'm sorry. Yeah. So there's. There's a certain there's a certain amount of me that w- does just want them to say, you know what, let's just lose a player and we're just gonna take our lumps. But there there is something attractive about the idea of offering them one of those first round picks or one of those second round picks or whatever, just to say, please take our take our draft pick and don't take any of the players we don't want you to have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Take a, uh, I mean, but honestly, whoever the, whoever they nominated to be picked would probably then turn into an all star. So, what do you know? What what does anybody sure. know? Uh, we know that the uh, previous uh, uh, expansion team uh, took the Wild out in seven and are about to eliminate the Colorado Avalanche, who everyone thought was a behemoth. Um, but I, I believe uh, Vegas is up three two. If I am. That's correct. Reading my, yeah, I, I gotta say, and, I did not see yeah. that coming when Colorado won game one, like nine to one or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Vegas was just fucking gassed from the Wild series, I think, but now they've clearly caught whatever second wind was out there for them. And well, I I, I will say that uh, Las Vegas is the worst town in the world, absolutely the worst town. Well, yes, and I hope that it's. I, Go. I, uh, climate so change angry. will take care of it in about 15, 20 years. It'll be fine. About 15, 20 minutes, doesn't matter the weather outside still. Am I right? Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah, you right? are right. You are right. Um, who else is it? Uh, who's it the Is it Montreal, the yeah. team from the, the north? Yeah, Montreal was on the verge of losing to Toronto, and now they've won seven straight games and <laughs> made everybody in Toronto sad and then everybody in Winnipeg sad, so... Uh, Montreal is in there. I think the Islanders are about to close it out tonight. Hold on, we're going to check the score, the live score. Oh, looks like that. looks like Boston just scored. So <laughs> there, or maybe not. There's a chance. There, 14 minutes left. The Islanders are up too. So yeah, very and well. They the could light- be closing that out. The Lightning closed out our and beloved they, Carolina they Hurricanes. A, sorry, Rocket. Yeah, so sorry. 
So but yeah, the so the Lightning are probably the prohibitive favorites to uh, yeah. Take this everybody, one. I think, is yeah. hoping for the Lightning versus either Vegas or Colorado because that I think would be the best series, which I think means that somehow it'll be Montreal versus the Islanders. And well, when is the last time a Canadian team has been in the final? Been in the finals? I think it might yeah. still be '93. No, wait, Edmonton was in it a few years ago, weren't they? Okay. I believe yeah, Edmonton. Uh, I think Edmonton lost to Tampa Bay. Okay. Anyway, but it's the last it, time a Canadian uh, team won it was '93, which was '93. Canadian. Yeah, but it's which is bananas because obviously Canada they like hockey up there. They do. They're they're I'm they're fans. I think the you know the the Tampa Bay. Let's say it's Tampa Bay and Vegas. In the finals, and <laughs> I, from a from a hockey standpoint, those are two amazing teams, and those games should be barn burners and whatever. From the standpoint of people who are from Minnesota or from Canada, where the weather is garbage and it's freezing all winter, and the only thing we have to depend on is hockey, nothing could make you more angry. Just the worst. <laughs> I hate it so much. It would be like if the in the NFL, if the two very best teams were on that were like the most aesthetically pleasing and fun to watch were Jacksonville and the Los Angeles Rams, right. where nobody <laughs> gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit, but they're just great teams. So that's oh god, I feel I feel I feel for you, Canada. Yeah, and they got and I guess Minnesota and Detroit and Chicago and. All those other cities in between. Um, I want to be clear that I don't feel bad for Detroit or Chicago. No, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, I guess that leaves football. That does leave football. Stu texted before before the podcast started to say we should note that the Vikings have signed every cornerback in the NFL, which meant they that have. we had to go look up a list just to make sure we knew who they had signed. Well, we well, it's just because I mean, the, the one of the storylines after the draft was that they somehow did not draft another cornerback, mm-hmm. which is like the only thing Mike Zimmer asks in the draft is just whatever you do. I know you're going to draft a bad offensive lineman and a quarterback who can't throw Rick, and that's how, usually how he phrases it. And then Rick will come back and say, "Yeah, your playoff record's great, Mike. What do you want?" And mm-hmm. then uh, he'll draft a cornerback. Yep. But he did not draft a cornerback this year. Mike Zimmer doesn't but, ask for much. He just asked no. that he be allowed to be sour to everyone around him and mm-hmm. that the first-round pick goes on a cornerback every time. Yes. Um, and, of course, with the uh, the Vikings actually have a fair amount of need at the position due to um, departures and, I think, uh, was it Gladney who is in some not great shit with, like, some domestic issues. I don't even remember, um, but that sounds I think it's, I think it's I, yeah, I, I'm almost certain it's Gladney. I apologize if I am slandering him, but I think I'm right. Um, I know they got Mackenzie Alexander back. Um, that was one of their signings, and Patrick Peterson was a sign-in. Uh, they got Brashad Breland from the Kansas City Chiefs, and I think they have also acquired seven other dudes, either who are college free agents or like have like one or two years under their belt and like practice squad somewhere else. But literally just every other day there is another cornerback right. getting signed by the Vikings. And I gotta imagine I mean Zimmer's not happy because he's never been happy, but yeah. I think he at least the the corner of his mouth turns up slightly when things like this happen. Because he's got just a bunch of cornerbacks that he can throw in there and just, you know, have have that kind of thing happening for him. 
It's like the same kind of laugh that Mike Zimmer laughs when he see a chi- sees a child falling over and hurting itself. <laughs> uh, to, fortunately, I think chicken is already like. I think the the the, uh, the um, U.S. Mexico thing probably got him if, off of the. If he stuck through the first twenty minutes of this podcast, I gotta give him credit. Yeah, yeah. Then he does. We deserve to get uh, yelled at for uh, bad mouthing Mike here at the fifty minute mark. Um, I know they had a mini squad practice today, and they're like doing that. The mandatory mini camp, the not mandatory mini camp, or is it mandatory? I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, but uh, the real story, of course, is across the border oh, because my ab- absent from Green Bay's mandatory mini camp is one Aaron Rodgers, who I allegedly, and again, I, maybe no one else has heard this. If you're listening to the sport of maybe this is the first time you've heard it, but Aaron Rodgers does not want to be in Green Bay anymore. And um, that is uh, was his way of uh, showing it, was not showing up for mandatory minicamp. Uh, Green Bay is basically putting out public statements saying he's tearing our family apart, uh, which is just delightful, delightful. to no end. Uh, and they finally rolled out uh, Jordan Love today, who said he's ready to go to be the day one starter. Um, which is just, you know, okay, and then, sure. I, I, I know he's, what else is he going to say? I realize right. that, but, but I mean, you could actually hear people laughing in the back. I think you could hear like a whole, the laugh track from all in the family right. going. When he there were, there were reporters in the back of the room laughing and he tried yeah. to throw a football at them and it hit the ceiling mm-hmm. and bounced straight down and hit him in the foot. And yeah. it was just a yeah. sad scene for everyone. Yeah, because if he really was, I mean, if he, the Green Bay was prepared to throw him the keys, uh, they would not be humiliating themselves trying to get Aaron Rodgers back in the fold right now. They would have sent him to, like, for the, they would have had an incredible offer from a number of teams to get uh, his services. They could have set themselves up with enough draft picks to make overcome a lot of, of the mistakes they've been making by not surrounding Aaron Rodgers with frontline talent the last seven, eight years. Um, but instead, they are trying desperately to figure out what will make him happy enough to return. And frankly, I don't think anything like that exists in this world or the next, and that pleases me greatly. I mean, the thing about the way the NFL works is even if – Green Bay had a choice of either you can keep Aaron Rodgers or you can go back with the full benefit of hindsight and redo your last three drafts. Mm-hmm. Everybody else will pick the same guys that they're going to pick, except you can change every one of your picks and pick the guy that was much better, which you know now because they've played in the league. <laughs> Even if they did that instead of having Aaron Rodgers, they would be worse than if they had Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. It's just, ugh, I, 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 I'm, I'm so happy, John. <laughs> their their misery makes me so happy. It's amazing how they could take the obviously obviously unhappy mm-hmm. best player in the league and continue to do the same stupid things over and over until he, their their favorite son snapped. It's just. A, a layer of ineptitude that could only be caused yeah. by a misbegotten fan ownership scheme that makes 
idiots across the upper Midwest mm-hmm. think that they have a voice in something they don't have a voice in. It's, I mean, there is something to be said for they've never had to worry about the quarterback position for 25 years. And no other team can say that except for oh, – actually, no, actually, the Patriots now, they can say that. They have to worry about it. I just, um, I just want to it, say to any Packers fans that are listening, if your team had a normal idiot fail-son owner, all of the people who are responsible for this would have been fired by now. Even, mm-hmm. like, Mark Davis would have been like, you know – this is not working. We need to go a different direction. Whoever, mm-hmm. whoever your favorite moronic rich person that owns an NFL NFL team that can't do anything right, whoever that is, pick any of these NFL owners that you hate. They all would have done better than and not not let these same goofballs who are in charge of Green Bay. Do the same dumb things over and over every year. It was like you remember the you remember when the Jets would draft a tight end or a punter or something in the first round every single year, <laughs> no matter what every happened. Year. It was a running mm-hmm. joke, and yet it still happened for like five years after that. It's mm-hmm. exactly the same kind of thing for Green Bay. Every year, everyone goes back and looks and says, "Man, they have drafted no offensive talent whatsoever for Rodgers. They've done nothing for this guy." And then their first four picks are linebackers and whatever. Like, they've got no talent whatsoever. You've never even heard the names of any Green Bay, any of Green Bay's wide receivers. Every year they would come in and it would be Jordy Nelson and seven guys who sounded like they were plumbers. And <laughs> all of them would catch, you know, 40 passes for 600 yards or whatever. And the next year it would be very obvious that the thing they needed to do was get some kind of offensive mm-hmm. talent at the draft. And they would draft a fullback and a guard and a linebacker <laughs> and just <laughs> unreal. Just, this, unreal. This is the year Jared Aberderis brings them to glory. <laughs> right. They would draft uh. a ninth-round pick. There's not even a ninth-round anymore, but they'd use a ninth-round pick on – on whatever guy from Purdue torched the Minnesota <laughs> offensive or the Minnesota defensive yep, secondary, exactly. just oh, four God. touchdowns what against a... the Gophers, and you know he'd he'd I be just... okay. He'd he'd catch thirty five, oh, forty yeah. passes. He'd help your fantasy team one week, and then the next year they Aaron Rodgers would sit there with his sad eyes, and mm-hmm. everyone would talk about how they really needed some offensive players, or he would walk, and then their first round pick where they would trade for cash. It's amazing. Just, it's wonderful. It, I love it. It's it is. It's just how why would you want to be more like the Vikings? I'll never understand it. Why would you want uncertainty at the quarterback position every year? Why? Why would you want that? Why would that be your goal? You fools. You absolute fools. Do you know how good you have it? I, I sometimes it's, wonder if there's like a Milwaukee Bucks podcast that really hates the Timberwolves. That just has a segment over and over again about the Timberwolves and aptitude because this must be what it feels like. Nobody yes. really hates the Timberwolves because they're never good, I would think. Nah, but you correct. know they're the team in the next state, next state over, yeah. so maybe they do. But if you were watching the Timberwolves from the outside and just taking joy in their stupidity, mm-hmm. man, that would be fun. Oh, just oh, just the. The Schadenfreude, the excess of Schadenfreude. It would. You'd have to like. You'd have to measure out the doses just so you didn't like OD on it. After, I mean, after uh, a while, it it really would be like, it like the Buffalo Sabers. We mentioned them before, but for a while, it was funny how bad they were every single year, and it really has. It, it really is veered into sadness. Like, oh, this is bad. They're 
They were supposed to be good this year. They signed the best free agent on the market, and he scored two goals the whole season for him until they traded him, at which point he scored like 10 goals for his new team. And in the middle, <laughs> they lost 18 games in a row. And their star player, the one that we were talking about, Jack Eichel, mm-hmm. he got hurt, and they tried to tell him he wasn't hurt. And now he's so mad at the franchise he wants out. The franchise player, <laughs> just uh, a level of stupidity. And I just want to point out here that the Buffalo Sabres are owned by Terry Pegula, who is also the guy that donated a billion dollars to Penn State to get them to start a hockey team, which gave Barry Alvarez and his cohort of cohort of lunatics the cover they needed to start a Big Ten hockey conference. And so this man is <laughs> and, ruined, and ruined college hockey. He oh. ruined college hockey and the Buffalo Sabres franchise. So good job, Terry Pegula. Good job. Uh, uh, I I think if you learned anything from listening to this podcast for eight years and you haven't is that rich people are stupid <laughs> so they're certainly just as stupid as we are and that's pretty stupid. they're just as stupid as we are they just have a lot more yeah. uh i want to be clear cushion. that we are not saying we're smart go look at our bro turd oh no go look at my personal bro and turd predictions for the twins this year yeah. for this year or any year i'm not saying i'm smart i'm just saying a lot of these other people are equally stupid. Oh, just, just, it, again, I don't know. That's, that still sounds self-aggrandizing somehow. I, I want to be clear. I couldn't be more clear that I am the biggest idiot of all. I want to be clear about that. I am a moron. <laughs> oh, God. Well, that's an hour, John. Is that what we're aiming for? I... I wasn't yes. noticing because I was still hoping you were going to ask me about, I don't know, what else is out there. <laughs> I, man, I, I, I've touched on everything I can think of. Um, uh, Do you want to talk about man, Formula um, One, Stu? Uh, uh, can, I, can I just I, tell you one thing about Formula One? Didn't uh, oh didn't uh, Lewis Hamilton like uh, his like brakes started yeah. glowing and he tried to turn to win the race? I have to, and instead he just kept going straight and he finished dead last. I have to tell you that it's <laughs> even funnier than that. So there was a button on his steering wheel that apparently was called the brake magic button, which is supposed to do something to heat up his brakes. But if he hits it while he's driving, it basically is a make the car crash button, and that's what happened. <laughs> it literally it's like. He just, like, went right into the wall. Everyone went right past him. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, God. The thing I wanted to say about Formula One was, I don't know if you have seen on Netflix that there's a Formula One. The show is called Formula One Drive to Survive. And what I have heard of it, but I have not watched. What they do is sort of at the beginning of the following year, they, they release 10 episodes, which are about the previous year. So in, like, March this year, they released 10 episodes about the 2020 season. And I had not watched it, but I, I watched uh, fairly recently. I started watching the third season of Formula of this Formula One Drive to Survive. And it's really well done, and it's really interesting. And it's a little bit strange because the show is, you know, it's all behind the scenes. It's interviews with the drivers and these team principals and the owners, and they're covering the, these controversies and because they're doing it after the fact, they can sort of create these narrative arcs across the whole season of this driver is struggling. Is he going to get it together? As it turns out, he doesn't, and he moves to a team's drivers are moving to different teams and stuff. And they can sort of create these narrative arcs. And the problem with this is, so I, I watched some of, the, some of the race, like you mentioned, this last weekend. 
And what I what I discovered about this Formula One Drive to Survive is that now that I've watched it, it is so much better than the actual experience of watching Formula One. The Formula One is like, man, this is terrible. All they're doing is racing cars. Where is the interviews with where is the drama and the interviews and the narrative arcs of this? And I I mean it's it's one of it's an amazing piece of public relations like to get the series out on out on Netflix and get some people to watch it. It's going to create so I so much more interest in Formula One than there might have been otherwise. That I I can it's one of those things that every league or team, if I, if you owned a league or a team, you should definitely try to get a Netflix documentary made about every one of your seasons in the hopes that people will be like, wow, I watched this documentary on the Minnesota Vikings or whatever, and now I just got to see what happens. But the problem, at least in my mind, is that it's so much better than the actual sporting event that it's almost like, ah, <laughs> oh, ah, forget it. I'm just not going to watch any of the racing this season. I just... Can't wait for next season you, to drive to survive. You've essentially reached the point where I am, where I love the documentary about the Eagles, but I hate the Eagles music. <laughs> right. That's basically, exactly. you, you basically found the Formula One version. Of right. I, I just, I, I thought that was, it, just watching the race, it was like, oh my gosh, they're just, they're going around the track. And the only exciting yeah. things that happened was a couple of guys' tires exploded with no warning. And, you know, it's just that random number generator sometimes. And, that, that's not really that exciting. But if I could see, if I could hear what they were saying on the radio the whole time, because that, I mean, that's a big feature of just people, people saying the F word in every possible inflection over the team radio <laughs> is pretty much, I would say about 20% of Drive to Survive. And you, you don't, you don't hear that on the television broadcast, but maybe there's, maybe there's some app or something you could pay for where you could only hear drivers swearing on the radio, but it's. <laughs> it's it's just it's way better if you could hear Max Verstappen just losing his mind about his tire going for no reason <laughs> than actually just watching. Well, he crashed into the wall. Now there's a now there's a safety car. Now it's NASCAR. You just everybody drives behind the safety car until there's a restart. Whatever. Not that exciting. But uh, anyway, ah. that's my Formula One rant. I just thought that was interesting, and now we're past an hour. <laughs> well. And well, I'm just you, pushing John. my luck now. I'm just pushing my luck to see what I can talk about before you actually hang up the phone on me. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I can't think of any. Are there any, like, sport, uh, sporting events coming up? I can't think of anything. Uh, the European Soccer Championships start this week. Okay. Um, is that uh, Premiership that's or the, is that's that? That's the Euros, continent The Euros. Oh, Euros. Okay. The Euros. Okay. Um, and that is club teams from both the um, Bundesliga and uh, Premier. <laughs> now you're just saying stuff, and I won't have it. Serie A. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm guessing right now, but I think I'm close to right. Yep. I, that okay. we're just gonna say that's all correct because okay, uh, <laughs> people have heard enough out of me. Is what I'm saying. Um, yeah. What what teams are in it? Are like is it like your your Chelsea's, your Man City's, your no, your, it's uh, it's your England's, okay. your okay. Italy. It's a country thing. Yeah. Okay, it's a patriotic thing. Okay. okay, never mind. It's all about European I was thinking, patriotism. I was, th- th- I was thinking of an entirely different thing, John. You know, I apologize. That that never ending force for good, European patriotism, mm. never caused, <laughs> never, never caused, caused any the problems. problems, never caused, never caused the fight. Yes, yes. Uh, these textbooks from Florida confirmed that. <laughs> so. 
Uh, so, anyway, yeah, let's let's put a bow on this one. I think we can uh, quit indulging ourselves and let the let let Wade uh, get back to work. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it's it's good to good to talk to you, Wade. Let's just get Wade on the yeah. podcast. Then maybe we'd record one more than every two months. Wade, you want to produce this thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll come down to Apple Valley. That's fine, That's, and that is a that is absolutely a threat. <laughs> I want to point that out. That is not that uh, is not a promise. That is a chicken. That in, is a threat, actionable threat. Chicken isn't going to Apple Valley. I know that for a fact. Uh, oh no! I mean, that's really really close to either Minneapolis or Duluth or other place he hates. <laughs> I don't know. He hates Duluth. Why does he hate Duluth? He doesn't hate Duluth. I'm lying. Oh. He loves Duluth. Um, it's too far to go, but I think he likes the North. I wonder if he hates Rochester. I bet he has a grudge against Rochester. I, I'm, no, he likes uh, that uh, Newt's, that oh, hamburger place. I love place. Newt's. <laughs> yeah. Man, so. the pandemic's over. I could go to Newt's again. I'm going to Newt's. I'll see you guys later. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh. <laughs> it's 9 p.m. right now. I think I can still get it's there before PM. they close. It's a, yeah, it's about, it's about an hour down 52. You oh, get there in plenty of time. I love Newt's. I, that's a yeah, good burger. Okay, let's call it. Uh, John, great talking to you. Oh, Hopefully, Stu. we'll have a, another podcast here the next week or two yeah, for everybody. That would be good. Let's do it. Already, man. All right. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.